I think people can get experience anxiety and headaches. You know, like those are some serious physical symptoms related to not taking care of yourself and putting others first. Welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I am your host, Rosie Acosta, yoga teacher and teacher trainer, mindfulness coach, speaker, and creative writer. I am also the founder of radicallyloved.com, a website where you can go for more information about yoga, mindfulness, meditation, and lifestyle advice. On this podcast, we talk to people within our health and wellness community that are creating content through the ritualistic practice of yoga, meditation, or overall mindful living. We hope to create value in your life so that you can achieve your highest potential and live a radically loved life. To stay in touch with us, just follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Rosie Acosta and on Facebook at Radically Loved Rosie. You can sign up for our newsletter on radicallyloved.com to stay up to date on future workshops, retreats, and latest podcasts. I hope that Radically Loved Radio leaves you feeling inspired to create something powerful. My teacher, Yoga Rupa Rajstreicher, says, if you powerfully believe in the value you have to offer the world, your love and passion for it will be an unstoppable force. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic, the coffee that gets you fired up. Aside from supporting energy, stamina, and athletic performance, cordyceps have been studied for their strong antioxidant properties. I have been so obsessed with this coffee for the last year. I've been drinking it and I've been traveling with it. And in case coffee doesn't pump you up enough, how about coffee paired with one of the most energy supporting mushrooms on the planet, cordyceps. So coffee is so energizing because it stimulates the central nervous system and the adrenal glands. But combining this with a more balanced cellular energy to support uh, our immune system and our health function, this mushroom can result in a balanced stimulation while using only half of the amount of caffeine normally found in a coffee, which is awesome. <laughs> they also have an incredible matcha mix that is my absolutely new favorite, and they want to give our listeners a gift. So for those of you who are curious and want to try the mushroom coffee that doesn't taste like mushrooms, go to foursigmatic.com forward slash radically loved. So that's foursigmatic.com forward slash R-A-D-I-C-A-L-L-Y-L-O-V-E-D for 15% off of all of their products. Thanks for listening. I am so excited about having this special guest today on our technically first (laughs) this is our very first tea time with Rosie and I couldn't have imagined a better first guest Laura Bishop is here with us yay hi everyone (laughs) (laughs) so so this is Laura she's uh amazing she's been a longtime listener of this podcast and over the years our relationship has grown uh and she's been such an intricate part to me and this community and everything that we're trying to build together. I mean, she's very much a part of us and everybody listening. And I can't wait for you guys to hear her story and get a little bit more background on who she is and what she does and just have tea with us. Well, I have to just start by saying thank you so much for asking me to do this. I'm incredibly honored and I, when I say that, I know people say that a lot, but for me, I'm truly honored to be here and to be a part of your podcast and, and this new segment. Um, when I first started listening to Radically Loved, I think about three years ago or two and a half years ago, I'm not quite sure, but um, I was in so much emotional pain and just listening. I had no idea who you were. I didn't know anything about you. And just listening to your feedback and how you presented yourself on that podcast and your guests and the topics. I just felt really connected immediately. And that's how I eventually came to know you. And so I think the podcast is the catalyst for a lot of personal growth on my part and a really beautiful friendship between you and I. So I can't say enough about Radically Loved and now this Tea Time with Rosie segment. So Again, I'm I'm honored and I'm very grateful to know you and I'm excited to have this time with you today. Yeah, I'm so excited too, Laura. That's very sweet. Uh, I'm obviously very 
very humbled by your words. For the people listening, just let's give them a little background as to who you are and what you do uh, so we can just, you know, have a conversation about what you got going on and just, you know, inform them. Okay. Yeah, I would love to. I'm a personal life coach and I'm also a recovery consultant. So that's two very vague things, obviously. The life coaching (laughs) aspect is individual work with uh, clients who want to take some action in their life, whether they're having some uh, difficulties and challenges in relationships or career burnout or any uh, minor emotional situations. I, I, I say minor because if someone's having, you know, a significant crisis and there's a need for, you know, a high level of care, for example, I'll I'll certainly recommend that they do some work before we work together just so that there's more of a a stability in place. Mm -hmm. And then the recovering recovery consulting that I do is to help individuals and their families who, um, need some education around addiction and addiction services. I've been in, uh, the substance abuse, uh, treatment, industry for over 10 years. And so that's something that I'm really passionate about. And I find that families are the ones that are the most lost when they have a loved one suffering. And so it's a really great opportunity to educate them and to offer support. And also, as a woman who's sober herself, I get to represent uh, the community and show them that there is hope for their son or their daughter or their spouse if you know I'm standing there letting them know what I did. So those are two of the uh, jobs that I'm doing currently, and I love it. I I love the coaching. I love working with these individuals. It's really inspiring for me, and I'm really grateful to have the opportunity to do that. Yeah, I mean, to me, this is such huge work that you're doing out in the world, helping people heal and educating them and giving them the support. And I I feel that, for me, that was such a huge uh, pull, you know, towards you and and your work and just watching you kind of grow over the years, because I know how much you're, you love doing this and how passionate you are about really bringing these incredible tools to, to people. I uh, was working with a family yesterday, a, a lovely family, and there's so much, um, you know, pain there and they want to help their kid, but they're honestly helping uh, keep their child stuck in his disease, you know, like financially supporting them, not setting boundaries. And I think when it's a child, for example, it's, that's the hardest part is trying to say no to them Mm -hmm. because there's that fear that they're going to let them down. Or somehow if I say no to my, my loved one, who's, who's suffering, what if something bad happens and they didn't feel supported or something like that? But it's not about cutting them out of your life, particularly. It's about setting a boundary and being really clear with what your intentions are mm-hmm. when, when you're trying to help someone get sober. How has this showed up in your life? Like, is there is there a relationship or is there something like an example you can give us where you were able to do that? Set a boundary? Yeah. I think setting boundaries is the hardest thing for any human being to do. And it's something that I've just recently, and I say recently in the last year or two, started to put into practice. Um, And I'm so I'm very careful when I know I need to be setting boundaries. I'll take that chance, but it's hard for me still. I always fear I'm going to hurt somebody's feelings or I'm going to miss out on something or someone's not going to like me. I mean, there's a lot of ego attached to setting boundaries with somebody, at least for me. And so it's hard. It's a struggle. But the more confident I get with the work I'm doing in particular, it's really important for me to have those boundaries. And I have to set boundaries in my personal life as well with family members. And I think that's the hardest too, because sometimes family members or friends are not as receptive and they won't honor your boundaries. And so it's kind of this give or take until they start to realize um, that I'm no longer going to do what it doesn't feel good for me. Mm-hmm. And it, that can hurt their feelings too. So it's kind of this this uh, confusing situation, at least for me, until people start to get comfortable with it. And then I have to get comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I really love about what you do is you you write about all these things. You have an incredible blog that you that you have created and and catered for people that 
you know, maybe are suffering through the same types of things. You write about things like toxic relationships or how to how to break from toxic friendships and, you know, being in, in a dark place at times. I mean, you write about all kinds of different things. What what do you think for you has been like the sort of um, propellant or what has pushed you forward to put those things out there? That's a really good question. I started writing. I've been a writer since I could read and write. I always found myself when something was going on, I would take pen to paper. Even when I was a kid, like nine, 10 years old, I would write poems as an expression of how I was feeling because at that age, it's kind of hard to articulate it. But for whatever reason, I would create these poems or stories that if you really took the time to look at, you could see that there are some underlying issues going on in that. And so I've always been a writer, journaling, but I've never shared it with people mm-hmm. until recently. And I, for me, writing is so cathartic. And I have a lot of um, experiences that I feel people could resonate with. Mm-hmm. And when I hear other people's stories, if it, whether I'm reading them or I'm listening to them on a podcast, and, and I feel hear that they experienced something similar and there was hope on the other side of that, it just propels me to move forward. And so I was hoping to do the same for other people. And also it's just been such a a gift for me because there's been a lot of experiences that I write about. I tend to write a lot about relationships, whether they're intimate relationships or platonic friendships or or anything around, um, you know, interactions with other people. But for me, there's been a lot of losses in relationships, and I've been able to see my part in that. I've been able to heal from that and through my writing. And that's the part that brings me the the most joy because it's really been a therapeutic process for me. Mm. And it doesn't hurt that I'm helping someone along the way. Yeah, yeah. You recently wrote an incredible article for Mantra Magazine. Can you talk to us about that? Of course. It's so exciting. I pinched myself, actually. I have the cover sitting downstairs, and I, I sat it on my kitchen table, so I see it every morning yeah. when I wake up. It's supposed to come out, I think, in, at the end of the week or maybe uh, next week. But regardless, I wrote that after ending a relationship that was really meaningful to me. And I was finding that I was having a hard time moving forward and I was just really stuck in my pain, which I think there is value to, to being leaning into your feelings when you're mm-hmm. experiencing something emotional. Yeah. However, for me, it felt like it was a little bit more challenging me for challenging for me to get out of that of that cycle of grief. And so I was sitting at an, at the airport flying to Seattle for work and I just took out my laptop and started writing. And I, I was doing it for myself and I was doing it as a reminder. I include five tools that have been really helpful in past relationships and past heartbreaks, uh, moving your body and reaching out to others, being grateful, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so I was writing it as a reminder to myself as like, Laura, Hey, you got this. You can, you know, the tools you have them, you know, how you can move through this pain. And then I, um, I helped. I I literally felt like I was able to move forward after that. And then Mantra Magazine asked to include it in their issue. And it's, it's so exciting. And I'm, I'm incredibly grateful. And I really hope that the tools that I put in place are helpful to other people. That is just, I am so grateful that you did that because I feel like, you know, there's been a lot of people that listen to this podcast and, you know, we, we talk about all kinds of different topics, but I think this is one especially with the climate that we're in, in the world of relationships and dating and, Mm -hmm. you know, people not really knowing what they want in life or having Mm -hmm. too many options, in my opinion, them not knowing themselves fully, people not realizing how much work it is to be in a relationship. I can go on and on, obviously. (laughs) Um, so I think that this article couldn't come at a better time. And, and I, I obviously am, am extremely happy for you because I know how, how much heart and work you put into the stuff that you, that you do and the things that you put out there. So I'm excited about that. But like one of the things that I think is, is important to talk about or to just, you know, maybe get some insight for the people listening is how how sort of 
disappointing it can be to be out there, you know, and we all have these experiences and, you know, we can sometimes get into this place of not really knowing whether we're going to, you know, ever find the right person, Mm -hmm. you know, so for the people that are listening to this right now, um, that have gone through the same heartache and have gone through the same sort of lulls that, that you have that relate to your, your, your writing and your blogs and your, your posts, what, what can you say to them about that? I think the best thing that I would want to hear if, if I was in, you know, the thick of it right now, I'm on the other side of it. I mean, this relationship ended and, there's parts of me that really misses the relationship, but I'm, I'm on the other side of the grief. So if I was in the thick of it, mm-hmm. I would want to be told that there's a light at the end of the tunnel and that my worth is not dependent on another human being. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's portrayed, or at least I, I hope that that message is portrayed to an extent in this Mantra Magazine article, because I, for me, that's, that's my biggest challenge is when relationships end I instantly gravitate towards what did I do mm-hmm. instead of remembering what maybe or instead of reminding myself maybe this wasn't the best relationship for me or maybe this was the best relationship for me in this particular time yeah. and it was teaching me it was teaching me confidence and self-worth and it's propelling me to do something different or to meet somebody new or to have uh, experiences outside of this this other person so I think I, those that would be the message that I hope somebody would would take to heart. I mean, and that's easier said than done. I, I I struggle with that too. But the nice thing is, is at least I can acknowledge that I struggle with it, and I have people that I can share my crazy thoughts with. And, <laughs> and when I get into that place, because it's it's easy when relationships end for us to get into that poor me or or that victim mode, and it's it's not good for any of us. It. it it holds no value and, and especially for me. So I think, um, just remember who you are and remember that everybody is good and everybody is deserving and everybody is worthy of love. Mm, I love that. That's, you know, you, you say, I, I love what you say and how you answer it. If it was me, what I'd want to hear. And I think that that definitely obviously speaks to your background and being able to, <laughs> have the self-awareness to listen to people and to care for people because I feel again that's one thing that we we tend to lack is Mm -hmm. this ability to be self-aware and to acknowledge other people's feelings and emotions and these types of things you know and and that's that takes work and practice coming from that place yeah what do you think for you has been the most learning experience like in relationships in general I'm talking not just mm-hmm. romantic but I'm talking like friendships and acquaintances is there a, a over uh, all-encompassing lesson that you've learned uh, maybe it's something that you always do or maybe it's something that you learned not to do I would say probably listening to my intuition Mm. because a lot of times I I do this with friendships, not just romantic relationships, but a lot of times when I meet someone, if there's that nagging feeling in my body that there's something just out of alignment or I don't feel right, whether it's that person or it's me at that particular time, more times than not, I won't listen to that. And so I have found myself in situations, you know, with partners that are not healthy for me, where I make decisions based on the partner, or I completely ignore red flags. And then I'll I'll do that with friendships to an extent too. And then I'm left feeling really uneasy and uncomfortable. And then more times than not, when I put myself in those situations, and I ignore my intuition, um, there's a lot of chaos and drama that comes with that. Mm -hmm. And so as I get older, and as I've been working on myself and becoming more confident and kind of flourishing as a woman, I've been training myself to listen to that intuition more. 
And I did it the other day, honestly, like somebody asked me out on a date and I instantly had that icky feeling and not icky because of who the person was, but it was just like that unease in my stomach that there is something about this person that I just don't think is an, is an alignment with what I want right now for my life. Mm -hmm. This person was really fun and exciting and good looking. And it was creating that whoo feeling, you know, where you're just like, ah, I just want to do this and it's going to be amazing. And for me, that's really my indicator that that's not the best person for you. Cause I'm not in a place of my life where I, I'm just interested in having fun with a partner. Yeah. I think that, isn't this such a huge thing for women now? Not listening to intuition because Mm -hmm. we're trying to be polite or we're trying to be extremely considerate of the other person's feelings we Mm -hmm. begin to sort of push down those gut feelings as they would say right Mm -hmm. right and as you always say to me which I love is we as women tend to acquiesce to these men yeah right yeah or women sometimes that's true it's uh, it's it's definitely something that I can I can feel has look and look at our patriarchal society and obviously with the Me Too movement and all the things that are going on in the world where women are now speaking their truth and and mm-hmm. coming into this place of empowerment and really having mm-hmm. the light shine on the things that people for so long kept under the rug. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's huge now to be able to be able to talk to each other and and not have it be a uh looked down on or kind of mm-hmm. be spurned by somebody saying I was following my intuition mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and have it not sound so um like I'm I'm into the self-development world and it sounds mm-hmm. a little too woo-woo, you know? Right, exactly. And I think for me, there's always been a little bit of that fear too. If I if I come from that place where people are going to look at me like I'm crazy, yeah, you know, like intuition or energy or anything like that. But it's it's important, just like you said. And it's such, a, it's such an important time right now for us to be standing in that and to be doing what feels right for all of us. Yeah. What do you look for in creating? We've talked about this before, but mm-hmm. I, I want to share this with our audiences, conversations we've had before in creating uh, a really great, you know, this is part of your work too, creating supportive families, creating a supportive tribe. And, and you deal with obviously uh, helping people who are struggling with addiction or somebody that they love is is in recovery. Um, but I'm just saying in general, just, for a career-oriented woman, what what's important in creating a supportive community? Like, what should we look for, do you think? I mean, I can tell you what I look for when I think about the people I want surrounding me. And that's, I mean, ultimately, I want them to be optimistic and positive and honest and authentic. I mean, I want to surround myself with people who, who have meaning and purpose in their life and who, you know, show up for me and vice versa and let me show up for them. I think that's really important. I mean, but I've, that's again, as we were talking about earlier, I've had to really practice, um, putting those people in my life. And, but when I'm, but when I'm around the people that, don't share those attributes. It's really uncomfortable for me. And then when I am around my tribe of people, I feel like I'm a part of and I feel a sense of connection and that this is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. I think that just to go back to what you said about trusting your intuition, I think the same Mm -hmm. thing goes in situations like this, right? When you know that you have people in your life that you may or may not want around You have to be able to feel into that. I mean, like I've gone through uh, phases in my life where I've had certain people in my life and it's just like a relationship. Like you said, that person was right for that time and now (laughs) the time is gone and this person is not right for this time now. I think the same goes for friendships uh, or relationships of acquaintances or people that you're around. I think that there's seasons for that. Mm-hmm. I found that for me, it's extremely important to have boundaries. I, I was just trained, you know, going to uh, 
ther- therapy from a young age <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to understand, especially growing up with uh, a parent that was and is still uh, suffering from uh, addiction. Mm-hmm. It's definitely something that I learned early, early on to be able to set those boundaries with even family members. But for people, I think that was a big struggle for me to be able to feel into my intuition and be like, oh, this person, I I can't have this person in my life anymore because they just, they're a taker. And Mm -hmm. sometimes those, those people are family members and it hurts so much sometimes Mm -hmm. to, you know, basically, you know, X them out of your energy field. And it's not to say you can't be around them. It's just you show up in a different way. Mm-hmm. Right. So how would I how would you explain that in in terms, you know, that that people can understand? I mean, I guess it was pretty clear, but. Well, know. I have the same experience, actually, and, mm-hmm. and it comes up with particular friends and fam- some family members. And yeah. so what I I do now is I pay attention to how I feel, you know, like if I have to return a phone call, I, I do a quick uh, spot check inventory, a physical one of my body. And if I'm feeling tense or angry or anxious mm-hmm. in any regard, I will wait to make that phone call. And the mm-hmm. same for if I know that I have to be around certain people, you know, I've, I have said, I'm not going to be able to make it based on the fact that I know that I'm not in a, in a good place spiritually to be able to, I either set my boundaries and maintain them or to, to be comfortable in, um, amongst these particular people. And I think that's okay. I was working with a client a couple of weeks ago who was sharing a similar experience regarding one of her family members, and she's having a really hard time setting that boundary. And she's, you know, shares the same things we were talking about earlier that, you know, somebody will be mad at her. She's a bad daughter or something like that. But I think it's 100% okay to take care of yourself first. And if you're not in a place where you can a show up in the way that you want to show up. I don't want to go hang out with a family member and be a brat the whole time because of how I'm feeling. And that's how I will show up. I'll, I'll withdraw. I'll be (laughs) negative. I'll just overall not be pleasant to be around. And so why would they want to be around me firstly? And then secondly, why would I want to put myself in that situation? So I, I think everyone should be able to take care of themselves and and do what is going to serve them best. Right. Was that, did that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I think, yeah, that's, it's important because I feel like for me, it's, it's sort of the, you know, that the old resonant of Catholic guilt comes in. <laughs> and I think part of that is pushing the intuition aside and being like, even though that's really great advice, like doing a physical check, because even mm-hmm. thinking about it now, like my heart is like, my chest is tight, like my throat gets tight. Like I, I get, you know, pricklies all over my forearms and I know okay this is a sign don't call this person or don't Mm -hmm. don't answer the phone or now's not the best time to have this person come over to your space Mm -hmm. exactly (laughs) you know but because I've I've been so used to just you know acquiescing to other people's needs I've often put myself in a situation where I can get physically ill from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think people can get experience anxiety and headaches, you know, like those are some serious physical symptoms related to not taking care of yourself and putting others first. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about social media because this is a conversation that you and I have had several times. Okay. And I was just talking to uh, a friend of mine who is uh, who's been a guest on this show. She's incredible, and um, we just were having this conversation yesterday about uh, having these sort of feelings of she's having a how do I say this? My friend is having a social media hiatus right now. Uh-huh. And we were talking about it yesterday and she was saying how incredible she feels. And of course, I, I've had this same conversation uh, with with other people and I've actually done it myself. I know how amazing it is to sign off and not engage with technology and just actually be present and read and play with my dogs and 
Mm. watch really bad reality television, you know, like Mm. do the things that I I want to do and not be distracted. But we were having this conversation and we're trying to figure out what, how to be, how to interact with being on social media and not, and, and being able to limit it. And so we had this conversation about, you know, I was telling her, I'm like, I go on Instagram, which is my favorite form of, of social media and mine too yeah and I go on there in the mornings typically mm-hmm. I spend about maybe two hours tops I time it and then I just I sign off and like I sign out of the app so it's not just a uh what is it like a finger click away it's logged mm-hmm. out of my phone uh and and that's it and then it's out of my mind and I'm not thinking about it and it's just you know I I can go on to the next and I'm extremely methodical about how and when I post I'm mm-hmm. I'm quicker to respond to emails than I am to a message on on Instagram but we were talking about this whole thing how we we are starting to feel that studies are showing mm-hmm. how we're getting more and more depressed because of social media. Mm -hmm. And although there are people and things that we look at, and you and I have talked about this before that are uplifting and are inspiring and we get so happy to see certain things and certain people, it's not like that a hundred percent of the time. Mm -hmm. And, And for the most part, it's creating this, this FOMO, right? This feeling of fear of missing out. And, mm-hmm. it, and it being an actual thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts and to have you share your thoughts on here and to just kind of explore what or how we could approach being on this platform or, mm-hmm. or on social media in a way that's not going to affect us emotionally. And obviously you're, uh, you know, you're, certified to have this conversation on a, <laughs> on a medical level, but I, I'm just curious to hear your personal thoughts on this. Okay. I, well, I want to first start by saying I have a love hate relationship with social media personally. I'm a little bit more inclined to Instagram. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah. I'm not going to get in trouble. A, no, we don't okay. have an Instagram sponsor. <laughs> I'm okay. like, we ain't, we ain't that big, guys. <laughs> I'm a little bit more inclined to um, Instagram because I think that in general, Instagram tends to have more of a positive uh, platform. Um, at least that's just been my experience, or maybe it's just based on the people that I'm following. However, I I have that same experience. I have to force myself. I've lately been trying to do it about once a month to do a social me- media cleanse where I don't go on for two, three, four days. And it, those moments are so amazing for me, like you said, because you can connect in other ways. But for me, it's been a learning experience because at the first time I did a social media cleanse, I kept reaching for my phone, like when I got into bed or when I sat down and there was no calls coming in for work or I just got done working out and I started to pay attention to why I was relying on social media so much. And it was really eye-opening. And I came to realize that, well, I believe that social media can be addictive Mm -hmm. in in a real sense similar to substances. Uh, When I was first in graduate school for psychology, we took a course and the whole thing was outlining how uh, online and social media uh, is becoming uh, an actual uh, diagnosable addiction and people were getting treatment for, for this type of stuff. So it's kind of mind blowing. But for me, I was able to recognize, A, I had a little bit of an addiction. And then I started to pay attention to why was I reaching out for my phone and wanting to scroll. And more times than not, it was because I was uncomfortable with being by myself or I was experiencing intolerable feelings and I wanted to check out. And so that was when I would reach for my phone. But I'm starting to realize that there is a real value to social media as well. For starters, I would never have met you if it wasn't for Instagram because that's how I came across your podcast and you have changed my life for the better in so many ways. So for if no other reason, I have to be incredibly grateful for this tool And I think it's a really great opportunity for people to connect and to 
you know, surround yourself, even, even if it's not physical, but to surround yourself with like-minded people and to be inspired and to share your messages and to share your stories. And I think that's really great. Um, but then I, you know, you have to be really mindful of the other part of it. And I, I am susceptible to it as well. There's times where I'll see like a really beautiful woman on there and it's usually when they're doing some sort of really incredible, uh, yoga pose and I will instantly tear myself down, um, very quickly. It's, and, and it surprises me sometimes at how quickly I can, I can feel like crap about myself. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I've been trying to train myself to use social media as my teacher Yeah. is, I don't know if that sounds cheesy, but it, it is what it is for me because the last time I had that, um, undesirable effect from looking at someone's social media, my initial thought is cause I always see this. We'll just, you know, unfollow the people that make you feel crappy about yourself. But then on the flip side, I don't want to just unfollow because at any given day, I probably would unfollow everybody because, you know, we are not always going to feel great about ourselves. So I'm using it as an opportunity to say, Laura, what's going on within you? Yeah. Why do you find yourself comparing yourself to this other person? Why do you think that you're, you're, you don't matter as much just because this person is beautiful? And then when I, when I look at it like that, I think I'm, I'm able to feel a little bit more confident around the social media but I like what you said about taking the time in the morning and then logging out and removing the app from your phone would probably yeah. be really amazing. And then you might not want to use it as much. Yeah. I like that idea. Yeah. I don't know. Those are my thoughts. Because oh, no, I, love I, them. I don't want to use something or support something that's going to make me feel terrible. But, but again, it's, it's kind of the same thing with friendships and relationships, the theme that we've been talking about. Usually – all of my reactions to things are something based within myself Mm. and there's some sort of work that needs to be done. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to choose to look at social media as an indicator that I have some work that needs to be done when I'm feeling uncomfortable around it or if it creates some negative emotions within myself. Mm. Yeah, I, I totally agree a hundred percent. Since you've been uh, a long time listener of this show, Mm -hmm. uh, what has been, your favorite podcast like who's been your favorite guest oh my goodness oh my goodness I swear I've listened to every single one sometimes (laughs) on multiple occasions (laughs) oh god and I don't want to offend anyone because you've had some tremendous people on your podcast and, and individuals that I admire greatly so um I'll pick my my three favorites. Oh, okay. If Go that's for okay. It. No, that's great. Three, I I would three never just be... came to mind. That's great. I love that. Okay. Three's good. So, um, the first one I have to say because I just think the world of him, even though I don't even know him, but he's just so inspirational and has such a great energy about him, and and I love everything that he's doing. As Henry Amar, yeah, your friend. I knew, I knew you were gonna say ah, that. I knew. I it. love him. <laughs> Henry's the best. <laughs> He really is. Every time he, I, when you have him on your podcast or on your Instagram stories, first of all, that smile, how can you not fall in love with him because of that smile? It's so, it's so, um, uh, engaging and engaging, he just, yes. he radiates self-love in my opinion. When yeah. I look at him, he, and, and as he's got a really strong sense of self and he's got a great message and I really, I like everything he's doing in the world. And I think I really enjoyed, and I'm going to butcher her last name. She's a yoga teacher in Portland, Jill, and you had her and her oh, partner. Oh, Jill Naus. Jill and yes. Michael Naus, yeah. And you had them on, I think it was one of your first oh, maybe yeah. podcasts. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know what it was, and I follow her on Instagram yeah. um, still, but I don't know what it was, but the ease at which they interacted together, it really made me, and I was going through a really tough time in my relationship when I started listening to your podcast. Mm-hmm. And that their dynamic and the honesty that they brought to their relationship and just the way that they played off of each other, it really made me hopeful that I was going to be able to find someone that I connected on that same level. Mm. And it was just really inspiring for me. So I'm grateful for that one. And then uh, Tara, who you just had on, who wrote the book uh, Playing Big. Big. Yeah. Hmm? She is a game changer in my opinion. And I downloaded that book and I listened to it on Audible in one day. And I think she's really, um, she's 
sending an important message to women and young girls too. I, I, um, I have a niece and she's 10 months old. So clearly she's not at that stage yet where she's going to have, she won't be impacted by all the messages she's hearing yet, but she will be soon. And I was really touched by Tara's message that these young girls can be taught early on that they matter and that it's okay to be ambitious and to go for what they want. And I, um, I'm grateful that there's people out there that can remind us of that. Oh, that's so great. I'm glad I'm not answering that question. Um, <laughs> but that's great. I really, I love that. Um, I want to ask you. I just you, crushed all over. I Henry. know you did. I can't wait. It's going to be like, uh, who is this lady? <laughs> <laughs> We're having tea. It's tea time with Rosie. Um, so I ho- I love that it, we're supposed to this podcast segment supposed to be us having a dialogue, but I just go straight into this framework that I have because I'm so curious and I want to ask questions to whoever's on. Right. Um, but is there any questions that you want to ask me before we continue? I think I last night asked you a hundred questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so for those of you listening, Laura and I had like a two hour conversation last night about what we were going to talk talk about today we've not talked about any of the things that we that we said we were going to talk about which is hilarious but it's great we talked about a bunch of other stuff um, and I, was, I feel like every every couple seconds I'd be like can I ask you one more question Rosie <laughs> you would you did and I was answering and I was eating a tub of almond butter as <laughs> as we were doing it um okay so no questions can I continue then yes maybe you'll think of something okay um, I don't need you to ask me any questions. I'm just trying to be considerate. I'm trying to be my, I'm trying to be mindful. Um, <laughs> what's, what's your favorite word? My favorite word? Yeah. Um, oh, you know what? Right now it used to be love. I was such a, um, advocate of love for some reason for a long time. It was, it's, it's part of my password for all of my logins. You guys <laughs> won't know the rest of it. So nobody can hack into my stuff, but <laughs> I think because I've always wanted to feel loved that I was really drawn towards that word. And I felt like if I always had it readily available or part of me that somehow by osmosis, I would love myself because I grew up not loving myself. And so I had this like weird connection to the word love and hearts. I would, it it was always a part of me, but I, at the new year, was doing this exercise and I decided to choose a new word for 2008 that I wanted to embody my plans for myself professionally and personally as we went into 2018. And so I chose flourish. Oh, I like that. Which I like because it means to bloom and come into into my own. And that's what I feel like I've been doing um, more recently. And it's something that I want to continue to do. Oh, I love that, Laura. What's your least favorite word? My least favorite word? That's a good question. I don't know if I've ever considered that. Oh, you know what? My least favorite word I'd have to say is no, because it's so hard for me to say no to people. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I, I I would probably say that mine would be the same. What's, yeah. What sound do you love? Sounds? Yeah. I love the sound. This is going to sound so corny, but if anybody ever gets the opportunity to meet Jax, you'll understand. Jax is my my dog, but he's so much more than a dog. And he's he's my baby and I love him. And when he sleeps, he makes these little these little noises with his mouth. It's like a little puckering sound. I know it's so it's so out there. People are probably like, "We lost her." <laughs> <laughs> but that's my favorite sound. It's just so comforting and it makes me feel like he's he's he feels safe. And then I love the sound of the ocean without fail. It's really therapeutic for me. And the sound of rain, I sleep with the noisemaker on every night and it's the sound of rain and it's really calming for me. It makes me feel like I'm washing away the day. And, um, I love the sound of my, my niece's little giggles. She just started learning how to giggle and laugh and she makes these really adorable noises and it's so heartwarming. And she's like so super cute. She is the most adorable human being I've ever met. <sighs> Truly. My sister and my brother-in-law did really good with that one. Yeah. Um, okay, last question. Mm-hmm. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? 
That is an incredible question. Oh my God. I'd have, I, I think I would have so many questions for him before I would want him to say anything to me. <laughs> <laughs> I would want him to say, welcome. That's it. Is that weird? No. I think I'd want him to say welcome and that would embody that like I'm in the right place. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. It's okay. uh it's interesting because there's a uh this has been the most common answer I get to that question, which is really sweet. I Aww, like it. Um so before we finish our tea, mhm. Uh, is there anything else that you would like to share before I ask you the final question? I don't think so. I'm just really grateful. This was so fun. (laughs) I I like to be really transparent and I was having a whole array of emotions and feelings about this. I was, (laughs) I was really nervous if I'm going to be honest. And right before we started, I just asked, um, you know, I, I believe in God, so I ask God to just speak through me and let me have the opportunity to say something where I could make an impact or that somebody felt heard or understood or something. And but this was fun. I want to keep talking. <laughs> I know that's that's sort of the the beauty of being able to do this, especially you know for the people listening that uh, are listeners of this podcast or have a particular episode that you like and you want to come on here and just have some tea with me and have just a conversation, you know? Well, you make it really easy too. So that goes, that counts for something. Tea with the fairy queen goes differently than you think. (laughs) Uh, What this, this podcast is uh, a forum obviously for a like-minded community and for people that are looking to get inspired or wanting to get some words of wisdom or, need a little bit of an uplifting vibe. So radically loved is this uh, idea that we are radically loved and held and connected by source, God, universe, whatever higher power of your understanding. Um, So Laura, Mm -hmm. the final two questions are, how do you feel radically loved and what do you radically love? Okay. Before I answer both of those questions, I need to geek out for a second. I have I have imagined you asking me those two questions on this podcast for two years. <laughs> and there have been moments where I'm hiking and I'm like imagining you ask me these questions and I'm crafting my response. And now that you've asked me, I'm like, my brain just went blank. <laughs> and I didn't think you were going to ask me those questions. Somehow I didn't prepare for those two questions. <laughs> So, but, um, all joking aside, I, I think I would have to say, I feel radically loved when I'm being true to myself. And then the second question is how do I radically love? Yeah. Uh, you're going to have to repeat that again. So say it again. I feel radically loved. I feel radically loved when I'm being true to myself. And when I am in alignment with my purpose. And what do you radically love? I radically love so many things. I, I radically love Jax because he is my greatest teacher. He is, he's my greatest teacher in so many ways. He teaches me how to love and to accept love and to show up for another person without any expectations. Jax mm-hmm. is the only being in my life that I do not expect him to be any other way than who he is. And um, I radically love this community that you've created. It's given me an opportunity to feel a part of something really special. And I radically love my family and all of the beautiful things that they offer out into the world independent of myself. And, um, I, I think those are the three top things I would say I radically love. I love that everything is three. (laughs) 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 Do you realize you're like, I'm going to give you my top three. These are the top three. (laughs) Um, that's awesome. 
Uh, Laura, for the people listening, we did mention that you have a practice. Uh, where can people reach you to share their questions, comments, or concerns, or to get more information? Or if maybe people listening are actually looking for somebody that need, or, or looking for somebody to help them with, uh, you know, addiction or mm -hmm. have a family member, where can they go for more information? Oh, I would love to connect with anyone. Just just to, you know, be of support in any way possible. It's really a gift. I love doing what I do. So um, please reach out. But you can email me at uh, lbishop at laurabishopcoaching.com. And then I'm on Instagram. It's at Lola Ray Bish. I want to make sure that's correct. <laughs> is that terrible? I can't even remember what it no, is. That's fine. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's Lola Ray Bishop. And it's Ray R-A-Y the male version of Ray and um, I'm also on Facebook as well okay great and Twitter and all of those other all, things all of them all of the forums uh, mm -hmm. I will so those links will be on the show notes so if you're listening to this on your device go to the show notes and click on the link so you can connect with Laura and for everybody listening we've just created a radically loved uh Tea Time with Rosie uh, group on Facebook. So message me, go to at Radically Loved Rosie. That's uh, the Facebook page for the podcast. And uh, I will add you onto the group so that you can have these conversations forever. And we just don't have to stop now, but we can talk to each other and build support and just love on each other. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much for having me, Rosie. This was <sighs> incredibly fun. Oh, good. I'm so excited. Thank you so much, Laura, for being uh, just awesome. <laughs> That's it. I don't even have anything to say. Thank you for being a supporter of this podcast and for just being an incredible human being on this planet and for helping people and for making a difference. Thank you. That's so sweet of you to say. I appreciate that. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us, message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes, write a review. We love doing this, so please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening.